we have run well enough with little to show what our upside and ceiling uh, could be with the right help. He's a star because he's completely unfiltered. 13 are not gonna make the race, not make the main event. That's gonna be some good cars and drivers. That's not gonna be, oh, that's just a, that's just a backpacker, guys. You know, you never know when you're just gonna have an off weekend. I've kind of gotten the ability to have the platform that uh, I want, and, and it is my platform, and I can speak to whatever I feel like talking about. We're in the mix, and it makes it a lot more fun when you're in the mix and you are just you know struggling and, and trying to figure out what direction it goes. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I'm sorry for being bad to the words here. It's like if you have, you know, the all-you-can-eat buffet every single day of the week, people are going to get tired of it, right? So if it's a special thing, I think people get more excited for it. Hi, Bo. Raise your hand up so she can see it. There you go. Interestingly, even as a company, I think it was, you know, very head-scratching why at the beginning we, all four of us, just went instantly straight to the back. We just really struggled. Well, welcome back on to the backstretch. And hey, it is race weekend, our long two-month nightmare or whatever it is, I joke on the nightmare, is over because we have cars on the track this week in California. The weather doesn't look all that great for the clash at the Coliseum, but if Mother Nature decides to cooperate, then we will be racing. This is such a fascinating race for me because it's a non-point race. Not everybody's going to get in. 36 cars are going to show up to try to qualify, but only 23 are going to make the show. So there's always the intrigue and drama of who's going to get in to the race. But just the architectural structure of this race fascinates me. Like, how did they get a racetrack inside a football stadium? Like, the Battle of Bristol, and Chris and I are going to talk about this because he feels the same as me. The Battle of Bristol put a football stadium in a racetrack. And that makes sense. But a racetrack inside a football stadium that comes up and comes down is crazy to me. Like, the idea is just mind-blowing. So, I'm really excited to see the action this week. And believe it or not, just two weeks away from the Daytona 500, the offseason went by very, very quickly. So, coming up today in the show... Chris and I, as I mentioned, are going to talk about the clash at the Coliseum, uh, what we can kind of expect in year three of this race. We'll also talk about the keys to winning the clash at the Coliseum. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Netflix show um, that debuted, the NASCAR show that debuted this week. I binged all five episodes in about a day and a half. Um, I'm sure many of you did the same. So uh, Chris is not a Netflix watcher, just so you know, but we're just going to talk about um, the idea of why this sh a show like this is important to the sport. My guest this week is Corey LaJoy. Always love catching up with Corey because he is one of those guys with great insight. That's why his podcast, Stacking Pennies, is so successful because Corey really understands the sport and gives a lot of great insight. Uh, this week, we're going to be talk to him, talking to him about the clash. Um, you know, he missed the clash. I think he's missed the clash both years that it's been in L.A. Um, and just their drive to get into that race, but also just the massive changes that have gone on at Spire in the offseason. It wasn't too long ago that Corey was a one-team operation out there uh, in the Cup Series, and then they had one truck team. They now have 
three Cup Series teams and four truck teams running out of Spire Motorsports. So um, it's going to be a really challenging and exciting year for them. So let's get this party started. And we are joined by our crew chief, Chris Carrier. And Chris, it's race week. We're going to have cars on the track this weekend at the Clash. What are your thoughts about going back to L.A. for a third season? I think that the racing and the competition will will be good for the for the teams themselves. You know, it's let's face it, it's all the way across the country, and it's it's a little bit of a hardship. It's uh you know it's a it's a tough uh, a, a tough task for those guys. You know, a lot of miles back and forth across, and then in the early season they have a lot of West Coast traveling on top of that back and forth, back and forth. But, you know, NASCAR is committed to this. They've shown that, hey, this is, this is going to happen. We're in on this. It, 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 we're, we're down for it, and we're going to make it happen. And it looks like it's going to happen for a while, you know. And it's kind of cool stuff. It's on, a, you know, basically a quarter-mile track, literally around where a football field usually is, in a coliseum that is, you know, very iconic. A lot of really good sports history has happened at that location. And I think the drivers look forward to it. I think they have a good time with it overall. And I think that area of, of the nation, that area in, obviously enjoys it. They embrace it. Um, you know, they're looking at TV ratings and turnout and so on and so forth, and apparently they like what they see. So, you know, it's kind of, it's, they're going to like a somewhat of a man-made Bowman Gray uh, uh, a venue, and then they turn right around and go to the next week to the Daytona 500 at a two-and-a-half-mile racetrack that's like you run wide open 200 miles an hour, and it, that's about as different as you can get from one week to the next. So, you know, it's the Cup Series. It is the, the, the best of the best of the best in stock car racing in the world and they're capable of doing this. These teams, I think, deserve a lot of credit for being able to do what they do to pull this off. Uh, I'm still very, I'm just amazed. I'm floored at how they, you know, they convert that thing from a racetrack to a football field, to a racetrack to a football field, and all the things they have going on. I don't know who's in charge of that out there, uh, but, man, whoever it is, you're doing a really good job. So uh, it's pretty cool, you know. Uh, be, it, I'm sure the teams would love it. It, it, it was maybe at Neyland Stadium in Knoxville. But, <laughs> oh, like uh, you know, that's not – that's NASCAR wants to be in that venue, that, that part of the country, uh, the Los Angeles area, the Hollywood, the Hollywood crowd. And, uh, you know, if, that, if that's where we're going, that's where we're going. And, and the guys are going to put on a good show. You know, Knoxville is usually one of the uh, top ratings markets for NASCAR, yes, so maybe we could uh, convince them to do Knoxville I'd, ones. I'd love it. I'd love <laughs> to see it. You know, I, uh, ha the, the knowing that they, you know, they played a football game at, at Bristol Speedway, and it was a, in my eyes, was a huge success. They had a, a, a ton of people turn out. They had a good, you know, between two local schools Tennessee and Virginia Tech and and you know I don't I don't you know maybe I don't know what you know to me it's not that far out of consideration to do something like that because nowadays well they've proven it they can they do it out there they make a football field into a racetrack pow and then tear it up and make another football field so uh, the abilities are there the technology's there why not why not I love it so this week everybody's talking about um 
the Netflix series that came out. I know you probably haven't watched it because I know you, but I wanted to talk to you more about the idea of what this series is going to do for NASCAR as far as exposure. Mm -hmm. I've listened to um, some sports talk radio out of Kansas City. They were talking about it. Uh Um, They don't usually talk about NASCAR on this this series, but they've all watched it because it was on Netflix. Um, People are talking about the breakout stars are Denny Hamlin and Booty Barker. Everybody yep. is obsessed with Booter, Booty after this. Yep. <laughs> after yep. this, so from an exposure standpoint, what do you think about this series and getting it out to the masses? Well, I look at it, you know, from from my eyes, old school eyes, I guess. Um, one, the first thing I like to say is if if Booty Barker is the one of the focuses of this program, that's that's amazing, that's great, you know, because in my eyes, he is just a great story. I mean, let's face it, people who overcome obstacles and go forward and just don't mind those obstacles and go on and succeed and do well, man, that's, I mean, you don't get any better than that. And to me, you know, Booty is is kind of a hero. I I know he don't want to hear that. He's just a guy that is a crew chief and doing the best he can, and he don't want to hear anything about what obstacles. But you know what? Good for him. Well, he's a star because he's completely unfiltered. Well, that <laughs> booty being unfiltered is going to be uh, that's 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 going to be interesting. You know, that's going to be interesting. But I think this is another step in the direction of trying to reach another fan base that's out there, trying to reach more people and grow this fan base. And Heather, the entertainment business—that's what it's all about. I mean. The, quote, old school people like my age, we go along. Or are we really going to be looking for a Netflix series to, to talk about NASCAR racing, to be interested in NASCAR racing? No. But the generations that are behind us, the age groups that are behind us, yes. That's, that's kind of what they do. That's what they look for. That's what interests them. And, and you know what? If it, if it grows our sport... And it makes that interest, and it makes more people want to watch NASCAR racing on TV or go to the races, go to the events, or support other things that NASCAR racing is involved in. But to me, that's, that's, that's what we have to do. I mean, it's about uh, entertainment business. <laughs> entertainment business is, is, is a pretty competitive business, you know, and it's a pretty dog-eat-dog business. So everybody's out there, you know, scratching for those for those. Uh, support numbers and and those those rating numbers that's going to be enable them to go out and get sponsorship to to sell that tv time and all that you know so uh to me it's great and i think uh you know denny hamlin and booty barker and there's going to be others they're the people that are the heart of our sport you know they're in the cup series they're there every every week every day they're in the battles uh denny hamlin is I would say one of the most controversial people that we have now. You know, he gets he gets cheers, he gets a lot of booze, and it kind of you can tell he just kind of eats it up and goes on, and he wins his share of races. He's a great race driver. Some people love to love him, and some people love to hate him, but that that's going to mean that people are going to watch that show. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, they're going to watch that show and they're going to support it, and it's going to generate interest. So, you know what? If it works. If it does the job, then 
so be it. More power to them. So this weekend at the Coliseum, what are you expecting? Every charter team has to go out there. Not everyone's going to make no. the big show. So that makes it different than most weekends. So what yes. is the challenge going out to L.A.? Well, I, you know, I, I, we were at uh, Spire, used to be KBM, yesterday pulling our uh, Daytona truck down. And I was talking to Brian Patty, who's one of the truck series crew chiefs there. But, of course, he spent a lot of time in the cup series very good crew chief very smart very smart man and we we were a group of us were talking about that and I, I was asking about okay what's the details of this because they have three cup cars going from that shop and he said you know it, it all boils down to you're going to have to qualify it's all about how you qualify because 36 cars entered i believe is correct and they're going to start 23 so that means 13 are not going to make the race not make the main event that's going to be some good cars with drivers that's not going to be oh that's just a that's just the back marker guys they want that no well, i believe the first year did brad Kozlowski did not make the race i, the I, first I believe year. you're correct about that yeah. there's going to be some good cars with big name drivers in it that won't make that race and it's going to come down to you just got to go out there when it comes time to qualify you're not going to know everything to expect you're going to have to react on a on a blink of an eye in all the corners and coming off the corner be able to manage that throttle to where you can shoot off that corner and get good straightaway speed without spinning your tires that's not going to be easy that it is not going to be easy it's it's i'd say most of those drivers will tell you that's going to be tougher than actually trying to qualify at martinsville which has always been the rule of thumb qualifying at martinsville is the hardest track throughout because you can't get enough heat in those tires to get those rear tires to grip okay and if you get if you try to tighten the car up enough to, to where you get real good forward bite or rear grip then then the front won't turn so it's a it's a big bounce and a lot of it just falls on the driver's shoulders and able to use that foot and be able to adjust on what the car gives them to get a speed in and that's you know you think golly you go all the way to los angeles and it comes down to that, you make one little slip up, you're not even going to get to race in the main event. That's, that's how much pressure is going to be on them. And don't think, that, don't think for one second that when they roll out there, the mindset of those drivers is going to be, this isn't even a points race. It doesn't really matter. I don't really care. That, no, that is not. They are going to be the guy that, like, I want to be the best one here. Well, first of all, we are joined by Corey LaJoy, driver number seven for Spire Motorsports. First of all, thanks for joining us, Corey. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, start, it's good to start uh, seeing some smiling faces that I'm used to seeing. That means we're about to go racing, so uh, all is good here. Yeah, it's crazy to think. It, it doesn't even seem like that long that everybody was staying in Phoenix, and now we are getting ready to go out to uh, out to California to get things cranked up. Uh, you're off-season. Does it is it was it good was it fast was it productive how how do you feel coming off the off season? I think it I think it checked all the boxes right. You you need to take a couple of weeks months whatever you know everybody's kind of threshold is of of when they need to reset because by the end of thirty six weeks you're really burnt. Uh, just it's hard to get it's hard to get just ex not even excited because you're excited every every Sunday afternoon but the emotional and 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 physical toll on your body with your nervous system just cranked on all the time for, for 38 weeks is pretty exhausting. So to reset that, uh, to get some opportunity to go, um, 
on vacation, hang out the family, catch up on things you kind of been putting off for the couple months leading up uh, towards the end of the season. It was certainly good. So I got a lot accomplished. We moved, uh, moved houses. So that was a, a good wow. transition. Got in there before Christmas. Uh, went to see some buddies out in Salt Lake. Um, spent a, spent a couple of days there, and sure enough, it seems like uh, it was it was dragging by over Christmas and over New Year's. Then instantly, you start taking pictures and you start getting the new fire suits and you see cars get starting to get developed. It starts making you excited for for this weekend. So I mean, here we are this weekend. What what do you what do you have for the for the clash out at Daytona, what what what's the goal? Well, I think our our company wide goal is to put as many cars in the show as, as possible. We we've struggled as an organization out there the last two years. Um, you know, for for certain reasons, you can kind of point to and, and look, but we just haven't had a car that drives well and, and had good pace. So uh, we've got a lot a lot more help and resources in in terms of just making our cars drive good. I think we had a good plan going into the event. Um, and, and we also want to start off the year on a good foot with Celsius. They've been a partner of mine for now two years. And, uh, you know, they were on the pole there last year with, with Justin Haley. So you want to make sure we give those guys a, a run they're used to, to executing on. So, um, I, I'm a short track guy at heart. That's kind of where I cut my teeth. So it, it's been frustrating going out there the last couple of years and struggling. So I think we can, uh, I think we can really go in there with some different perspectives and, and really let, let it hang out um put our our seven celsius camaro on the show and 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 hopefully we can find our way towards the front and have a good day you mentioned uh added resources it really has been like an exciting off season kind of last third of the season for spire uh how, how excited are you guys for all the changes because uh this is not even the same organization that you came to a couple of years ago it's it's completely different um it's a it's the same logo but i mean it is it is a different team from top to bottom in terms of leadership with Doug Ducart coming in over the offseason. That was a, a tremendous get. Uh, he knows all the players and all the politics and all and how to how to build a winning race team. He's done it everywhere he's been. Uh, so for him to bring that that knowledge and and that culture over to our place is something we needed. Um, just some more engineering depth as well to try to take some of the uh, some of the weight off Ryan Sparks' plate and let him just really worry about trying to make our seven team go stronger. Um, and we combined Spire Corporate over there to Cornelius' office and all the sales and marketing and hockey and everything's under one building, right? So you're having a lot of different conversations. You're trying to get everybody pulling the rope the same direction. And then you acquire four truck teams also in the process of, of us acquiring B, uh, KBM. So you inject all those people into the into the fold you're cramming and you're moving trucks around you're building cup cars and you're trying to figure out what goes where uh my, my guys have been really busy over the last couple of months trying to get settled in this new shop but the, the shop's unbelievable i think it brings uh, a lot of pressure not even so much pressure but expectations because i'll tell you there are a lot of empty spaces in the trophy cases here uh kyle bush uh and kyle bush motorsports won a lot of races and uh, we have a lot of work to do to put some trophies uh, in these cases and start filling them up. But I think we have the right people to do that. For your little seven team, you and Ryan and the guys that have been there, is there a sense of accomplishment in this expansion? Because if you guys weren't performing or showing people something, then other people don't want to invest. They don't want to come on board. They don't want to help make this grow. So, I mean, is there maybe a little bit of proud popper or a sense of accomplishment for you guys? 
I feel that way. Uh, but I also feel like there's so much more work that, that we're going to accomplish and, and things I'm going to do. I'm going to keep developing and evolving as a driver. Um, you know, I feel as excited, if not more excited, uh, going into this year as I did my first, um, just because I know that our competitiveness as a team is going to be better than it's ever has. And we, we've continued to up our budget. We've up our, our depth. We've upped our, our, uh, resources each and every year and the competitions reflected that. Um, so for us to set out four years ago with the plan of, of trying to get to this point and for us to actually achieve it, I don't think is, um, you know, we don't expect a party or articles to be written about it, but when you actually stick with a program and you build it and you, you, um, you know, there's opportunities to go elsewhere with cars moving and shaking, but I've always felt like this is home and also, uh, there is some pride in, in building this thing to what it is now. And, and granted, Jeff Dickerson and TJ uh, are the ones that are making the big gambles in the sport and, and assuming the debt and figuring out the partners and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, that stuff is is much less stressful or much more stressful than I, what I have to do. Right. My job is to try to drive in circles as fast as possible. But um, to your point, like I feel like we have run well enough with little to show what our upside and ceiling uh, could be with the right help. And you get a, you get partners like Celsius and Gamebridge and guys like Dan Towers and, and stuff like that, that start catching your eye, uh, their eye. And, and, you know, that's when, you know, we really started getting some traction off the track and, and start, you know, people start answering your phone a little bit quicker on the first ring and people start reaching out about, you know, if there's a job opening there as opposed to just getting who's ever left every each and every year, you know, we're starting, we've, we've gotten, I mean, over 10 to 15 hires from other teams that were a crucial part of, of their organization of what they were doing each and every day. So come over to our place and have instantly brought value. So I think that, yeah, I would like to think that that comes from the hard work that, that Ryan Sparks and I have put in because Really and truly, that was it was just on our back for the last three years, and it still will still will be because I think all of us, whether it's me, Carson, or Zane, want to be the first one to to truly hang a a banner in this new shop. So for my final take, I want to talk a little bit about the Netflix show um, because I adored it. It NASCAR has needed this for quite some time. For those of you that are like me and old enough to remember the Speed Channel. Speed Channel used to do this very well for NASCAR fans giving access with um, NASCAR 360 and MBS 24-7. You got to see what these drivers were doing all the time. But what the Netflix show does so well is that they allow for people who aren't NASCAR fans to get a glimpse inside of our world. Um, I as many of you probably know, if you follow me on social media, I'm a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan, grew up in Kansas City, listen to sports talk um, on the app out of Kansas City a lot. They never talk about racing. They were talking about this show this week. They were watching because it was on Netflix. Um, they'd all watch Drive to Survive. They enjoyed it. They wanted to give this a go. And so it's just giving people the opportunity to check out NASCAR that aren't NASCAR fans. Yes, NASCAR fans can absolutely enjoy this show. But I like to say this all the time when people complain about music or, or this or that. It's not for you. You can enjoy it, but it's not for you. Like, Nicki Minaj is not for me. I'm a 50-year-old woman. But I can enjoy Nicki Minaj. She's all right. 
not my exact cup of tea and you're absolutely allowed to feel that way about this show. I thought it was fantastic. I think it's going to be great for the sport and I hope, I hope, I hope they do this again going forward. Thanks for joining us on The Backstretch. We'll see you next week.